Welcome into the Grace Point Daily Podcast. My name is Jeremiah Johnson. We exist to bring you daily encouragement for your daily walk with Christ. Hey, we're having a lot of fun here on the Grace Point Daily Podcast because this is a Real Life Stories Missions Edition. The last month, the last couple of months, we've been interviewing missionaries that our local church here at Grace Point supports, and it's powerful to hear their stories, their spiritual journeys, and we are just hoping that uh, it connects with you and that you are inspired to connect with the mission of God. And I want you to do one practical thing as well. When you hear this episode, I encourage you to share it with someone, send someone a DM, put it on your social, et cetera, those kind of things. So thanks for listening to the Grace Point Daily Podcast. Like, share, and subscribe. Leave us a review. Those kind of things. We want to connect with you. Hey, one thing I want to do that I always forget when I'm looking through our platform, our podcast platform, which is Anchor, uh, we have a really cool analytics page and we get to see where some people dial in and are listening to the Grace Point Daily Podcast from. And so here it is. Here it is. Okay. I looked at the other day. So United States, Sweden, Russia, United Kingdom, India, Belgium, France, Germany, Canada, South Africa, Netherlands, Ireland, Japan, Norway, Mexico, Peru, Puerto Rico, Australia, New Zealand, Singapore, Taiwan, Slovakia, Estonia. At least one time, someone from all those countries have listened to the Grace Point Daily Podcast. Isn't that awesome? So uh, we hope it just keeps bouncing from country to country, place to place. And we want to do nothing more but encourage you to live for Jesus each and every day. So today we have uh, missionary Carol Deal to Africa. And for those that don't know me, Carol doesn't even really know me that well, but y'all know that listen to me or a part of this uh, local church. I love Africa, Africa junkie, been there a bunch of times and I am itching to go back. So, okay. So I know this one is going to be a great one for me. Let's welcome him into the Grace One Daily podcast, missionary Carol Deal. How are you, Carol Deal? I'm doing very well. It's a joy to be able to talk with you today. Awesome. We're excited to have you on the Grace Point Daily Podcast, and you are one now of many missionaries we've had on this podcast. We're so inspired. Uh, everyone listening, we all want to become missionaries now because we just think it's the most cool, adventurous life that anyone could live, which you're going to tell us all about. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> well, there, there, there is plenty of adventure. Yeah. <laughs> Carol Deal, tell the audience uh, just a quick bio of who you are. Okay. Um, I am from southeast Missouri. I was uh, born during the flood in 1951 and grew up on the farm and, and just, a, just a rough farm kid. And uh, then I got saved when I was almost 18. I left home and went to California and... Um, Met the Lord there, and, and just a few months later, he called me to preach the gospel. So that's been over 50 years now, and uh, I'm I'm still trying. I'm still working. Mm-hmm. We thank God for his goodness to us. Wow. What did you, now tell me a little bit, Carol Dale, about your, you said you grew up here in southeast Missouri, a small mm-hmm. rural area. Did you grow up in a spiritual family, a Christian family? What was your spiritual upbringing like? Well, my mother was was a believer. She loved the Lord, but my father, all my all my life at home, he was a backslider. So uh, we didn't have unity in the home, but we did have a good home. My folks were are hard were hard workers, and they taught us to be hard workers. We uh, we we farmed and. You know, I'm a cotton picker, 
I was one of some of the last that that uh, picked cotton by hand, and and uh, even down in the boot hill when I was a little boy, uh, we would have what they called cotton vacation, and that meant you had the you had six or eight weeks that you got out of school so that you could get the cotton harvest in. Wow! And so I, I grew up with with uh, hard work, and um, and I and I didn't really go to church very much. I I didn't have much experience with church. Didn't know much. What was your dad's take on all that? Was he just kind of well, you can believe in Jesus if you if you want to believe in Jesus, or did did he have any thoughts or? Well, well, my dad was a, was a, was a was a good man. He was a good man, but he uh, he had served the Lord before I was born for about eight years. And he was kind of 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 the school that, you know, if you ever messed up, you're out. You know, you you there was very little grace there. So uh, uh, sometimes uh, he would fall off the wagon. Okay. So uh, and he would drink. So that would be that would be the time that you know he he they used the phrase back then either live for God or take your sign down. Okay, you know, and, and, and if right. he ever messed up, instead of getting back to the Lord, he went off. So all my life growing up, I would think I was in church with him once or twice. That's okay, all. what were yeah. you? What were you processing as? But you... I led him to the Lord just before, before he passed. Wow! God brought me back from Africa, and I was able to win him to the Lord, and and I prayed with him, and man, the man knew how to pray when he when he got right with God. He really got right with God. <laughs> he put the sign back up. He put the sign back up. <laughs> That's a guy. I'd never heard that before. That's awesome. Yeah. What What were yeah. you thinking then as a young boy, as a person? Did you believe in Jesus? Did you want Jesus? Was he, you know, I always, indifferent? I always believed in Jesus. I always believed in Jesus, but I had more of a goal. As a little boy, I wanted to be a boxer, and I was a. I grew up as a scrapper. Okay. And my my goals were not godly goals. My goals were 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 um, worldly goals. And um, and you know, if I ever went to church, the Holy Spirit convicted me so much, <laughs> and I would resist. I would resist the call to the Lord. But I believed in Him. But I just wouldn't wouldn't yield my heart because I I I. Uh, I chose the world, and uh, and uh, that happened until I was almost eighteen. Wow! Do you find that God has uh, since then used you to minister to people like that? That uh, resisting the Lord, I, you know, sometimes I think we get saved, and God uses yes. our testimony to then in turn yes. connect with those that are kind of like us. Well, I, I, as I said, I came from a rough background, not. We 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 behaved ourselves at home, but um, away from home as a, as a teenager, um, I was a terror, and um, I was wrecking cars. And I began to fight grown men when I was fifteen, and just a rough, rough, worldly kid. But when I came to the Lord, sorry. 
Yep, I got you there. You fell he, out for a second. He did Go something. He did something in me, and I've never forgotten it. Wow. Describe that, the moment, your come to Jesus moment. When was that? How did that happen? What you experienced and what you felt when you finally had that moment where I'm going to follow Jesus? When I was a teenager, some pretty girls invited me to church. Okay. In California. (laughs) And when I went to service, I, I forgot about the girls. And when the preacher preached, he was preaching to me. And at the end of the service, when they were going to give the invitation, when they were going to give the invitation, I um, they had they had a, a gentleman who sang in times like these, uh, we need an anchor. In times like these, we need a savior. And he began to sing, and it was it was gripping my heart. Hmm. And God let me know, I want you, I want you. Wow. And I remember I was holding the bench in front of me just about to squeeze the back off of the <laughs> just trying to hold hold out to, to to make it through and get out of there. And then I suddenly realized when God said, I want you I said, Lord, inside, you know who I am, you know why what I am. Why would you want me? Mm-hmm. But if you want me, I want you. And I ran to the altar, and there was a black gentleman there named uh, Brother Blue. He was a Baptist pastor, and he he put his arm around me and we, and prayed me through. Wow! And uh, <laughs> and that was a the changing point in my life. Wow. Praise God. Isn't it, isn't it funny in one sense, how the things that God can use to get a hold of us, you know, that <laughs> what you thought was going to church with a couple pretty girls changed everything. Yes, 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 <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And, and the pretty girls were still pretty girls. But yeah. <laughs> I, I found something better. Praise God. What you was it? Um, obviously, it sounds like it was a really life changing moment. What did you walk away from that moment? Did you have to? Did you still have struggles? Did you have a walk walk away from things? Did you instantly have a call of God on your life? What was that like? Well, I walked away from alcohol. I didn't use I didn't use marijuana or, or pills or anything like that. But I was pretty much a drunkard kid, and I walked away from my alcohol, and I walked away from um, you know, the, the rough life that I lived mm-hmm. and I began, uh, to have a new future Yeah, and Amen. a new hope. Yep. Amen. That, that's, so it, it wasn't, it wasn't, but about, um, at the most, I started preaching in, in April. I got saved in December, December 8th, 1968. And April 13th, I think it was, I preached the first time at a little country church. Mm-hmm. And, um, and my future has been wrapped in the Lord. Hmm. Wow. Did you go to Bible college right away, or what was your journey from that point? Um, I didn't think I had enough money. I wanted to go to CBC, 
and I didn't have the finances. So I, the first year I went to Southeast Missouri State in Cape Girardeau, and I, I worked, worked my way through for a year. And then I, and then I went into the army and spent a tour in Vietnam, came back and I finished up at Cape. I have a psychology degree and, um, that was the closest thing that I had to anything that would kind of connect with ministry. And, um, and, but I started preaching. I did Berean courses and prepared myself more. Mm. And, um, as soon as I got out of college, my wife and I started pastoring. Uh, first church we went to, um, to try out was a little church and, um, they voted on us, and I, I missed the vote to be elected by by <laughs> uh, by one vote. Okay. <laughs> and the, the presbyter said, "Preach again next weekend, and try try it again. I think you'll get it." And I missed by two, two votes. The next okay. Time. <laughs> confidence is confidence is growing. I'm sure after that. <laughs> so, then, so then, after that, I, I uh, when I uh, got out of college. I, I met with the presbyter in the section, and I said, my wife and I want to be involved in ministry. If there's any way we can serve and fill in or whatever we can do, we'd be happy to. And he asked me, where, where are you going to work? And I told him I was going to be a social service worker in, in uh, Marys County. And he, he said, well, um, you know, the church at Vienna is open. And I said, I said, it is. And he said, and they've been wanting me to send them somebody. Uh, and I said, well, why don't you send me? So my <laughs> wife and I went there and we tried out and, and it was a little church, just a little struggling work. And, uh, that day they, uh, I'd prayed that God would let us be voted in a hundred percent. And, and it happened. We got all six votes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so you, that's where we started. That's where we started, and and uh, and we've been in, in pastoral ministry. We pastored nine nine years in in Missouri, and then we went into missions and and uh, planted and pioneered churches in Africa. Wow. Then I'm hoping your preaching's got better since then, right? I'm assuming. I still, yeah. <laughs> I still try. I still try. Yeah. Wow. I, I hope it's better. I hope it's better. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Oh, man. Yeah. I We know the game, don't we, as pastors? That that dreaded yeah. tryout that we have to, we have to yeah. get. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, you're pastoring the local church, uh, and you're stepping into that calling of ministry. Was missions always in the back uh, of your mind? Was it something that God had spoke to you? originally something that you had thought about when did that begin to happen for you the process of maybe i should be a missionary god's called me to be a missionary actually when i was 18 years old i i thought of of perhaps being a missionary i thought about it but i i wouldn't say necessarily that i was called but i didn't hardly allow the lord to call me because I decided that that the mission field and to be a missionary was a, a special and a high calling. And I I felt like that that was the 18th 
and I thought of myself more as the B team. <laughs> so I didn't, I didn't yeah. really, I didn't really think that I was up to the par that I needed to be to be a missionary. And uh, so I wasn't very receptive uh, for a number of years. My wife had felt the call to missions, but uh, but she married me anyway uh, because she thought it was the Lord's will. But mm-hmm. it, it it came it came about, but it it took some years before I would be willing to uh, to listen to the call. Yeah. Wow. Speak to that for a second, Carol. Uh, for other people that might be having that type of feeling, you know, that God's calling you to do something and you feel like, well, I'm not, I'm not good enough. I don't know that I could do that. Or, you know, what would you change? I mean, obviously God directed your steps. You did go to the mission field. You have served overseas. I mean, God works it out. He orders our steps, but what do you say to people today that might be dealing with a a thought like that? Like, Oh man, I maybe God wants me to do this, but. And what I would say is is that uh, this common knowledge and is uh, that it isn't so much our ability as it is our availability, and that if we're open to God, He He can use us and He can direct us, and we can be instruments in His hand, and He has all kinds of instruments, and uh, you may be the very one for a certain task that he has need of you. And I would say we must have willing hearts and allow the, the will of the Lord to be, to be uh, revealed to us. And we must be willing to step out in faith to do whatever God calls us to do. Because if he calls us, mm-hmm. He will equip us. Amen. And He knows how to prepare us for the work that He has, that He wants us to do. And He will, He knows what He wants to do in us and through us as mm-hmm. we yield to Him. I would say yield to the Lord. And if He tells you something, do what He says. Because He knows what is best for us. And He knows what uh, he wants us to do and he doesn't plan for our failure he plans for us to succeed <laughs> if we will cooperate with him and yield to it yeah that's what i'd say amen i it's really funny you're talking about how you held up missionaries with such high esteem as if you know the a yeah. team that you called it is it's just yeah. funny because i literally just wrapped up a podcast before i talked to you dr rb maynard our uh local doctor of Mm -hmm. verse by verse podcast. And he said, I always thought growing up that the missionaries were ones who weren't good enough to be pastors. So they just shift them overseas. (laughs) 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 He he changed He changed his thinking on that, but he said, I had a period where I actually thought like that. If they couldn't be good pastors, they could be a missionary. Right. Wow. 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 So, you know, he had a little different, all right so i'm gonna tell him that you know i'm gonna you know i'm gonna have you confront him over that uh, carol deal yes you do that you do that all right well but i also know this too whether it's in pastoral ministry or whatever ministry it is or missions whatever uh that 
I don't know anybody that is not doing uh, something where they they have uh, struggles with with themselves. You know, sure. there there are none of us that are are perfect or totally gifted. It takes the Lord in us and through us and the power of the Holy Spirit to make us the useful vessels that God wants us to be. But He can yeah. He can He can take some folks that uh, were uh, pretty hopeless and make them to be to be good vessels of honor. Yeah. Amen. So when did, when did that happen then for you? When you finally, now obviously you're saved, you're serving in the local church, pastoring churches. When did the missions call come in terms of, you know, God speaking to you about, obviously we're all missionaries. We're all called to do missions, but that, that step of faith to be a missionary going overseas to another country. uh, When did that begin to occur and how did that happen? Okay. Okay. As I, uh, as I mentioned, we pastored for nine years. And uh, we pastored two churches for seven years, two years at our first church, five years at the second one, and then two years as an associate. And while we were an associate at a, at a larger church, um, my wife and I felt um, a burden for missions, and we spent lots and lots of time in prayer. I wanted to hear from God. She wanted to hear from God. We didn't want to to be one of these folks that jump into something and then and then they jump out of it. You know, mm-hmm. we wanted we wanted we wanted to know it was God. So yeah. we spent a lot of time in seeking God and it was a Sunday morning. And my wife was doing children's church with four and five year olds. And I was in the in the adult service, and uh, we had uh, an emphasis on missions. And there was an elderly deacon, an elderly deacon that was the missions chairman, and he was sharing that day. Mm. He was sharing how that uh, that he'd always had a burden for missions, but God didn't call him to missions. That I always supported missions, or always prayed, and uh, and I gave to missions, but I didn't feel called to the mission field. Mm-hmm. But he said, "But God called my two sons, and they're both missionaries in Africa." Wow! And uh, and he said, and when he said that, the Holy Spirit said, "That's what I want you to do." Wow. And I, I had a, a revelation that day that I was going to minister to black people and they would speak Spanish. Okay. <laughs> and I didn't know for sure where, but it didn't make sense because I felt Africa. Yeah. Because I thought, well, they don't speak <laughs> Spanish in Africa. Sure. Uh, but it was so clear. But I didn't know that at the same time, my wife was with these four and five year olds, and while she was ministering there, the Lord spoke to her, and He said, "I have uh, parents of these children that know me, and they can do what what you're doing. They can they can teach these children about me, but I want to send you to a place." 
mm-hmm. that if you don't go, there'll be many who will never know me. Wow. And she said, Lord, Lord, you know I'm willing. You know I'm willing, but I've got a husband. Yeah. And you've got to <laughs> talk to him. You've got to talk to him. Uh-huh. And after the service, I was so excited because I knew I'd heard from God. And I was rushing to tell her what had happened. And she was hurrying to tell me what had happened <laughs> with her. Okay. And we began to talk at the same time, trying to, to explain. And it was so clear that the, the, that the pastor, the senior pastor, it was Dean Gallion, he came, he came uh, up to us. We were talking, and we shared what had happened. And I told him right then, I said, tomorrow... I, I want to take off. I want to go to Springfield, and I want to apply to be a missionary, mm-hmm. and I want to apply to see if they'll accept me in the seminary, AGTS, Assemblies God Theological Seminary, so that I can study missions mm-hmm. while I'm processing to be a missionary. Wow. And that's what we did. We went to Springfield the next day, and we applied. And it ended up that the day, the the week that we went in to meet with the committee and to see where we should, we should, we should go. Mm-hmm. We, we, that's when we found about, found out about the little country in Equatorial Guinea, Africa, Equatorial Guinea, Africa, the only Spanish speaking country in black Africa. And yeah, <laughs> and they needed missionaries. And that's where we were called. And that's where we went to serve. And we opened the field for the Assemblies of God and planted the first churches, the first church, and, and began to plant churches in the little nation of Equatorial Guinea, Africa. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's powerful. It's, it's amazing yeah. that, that how God speaks and cha- uh, challenges. And, you know, the uh, I think one of the, uh, how do I say this? Sometimes we know God is speaking to us because what he's saying is very foreign or it, it doesn't always make sense. And we should explore that, you know, like for you, you're saying, yeah, you know, I yeah. was Spanish black people that were Spanish speaking. And like you said, yeah. you could have blew that off. You could have kind of just, well, that doesn't yeah. even, that doesn't yeah. even make sense. That doesn't, um, yeah. that's just yeah. kind of, I don't know, bad pizza, something like that the night before, yeah. but you continue yeah. to yeah. Op- open your heart <laughs> to that. Yes. Let me, let, can I tell you a little bit of the, of the confirmation? Yes, absolutely. Well, we had we went through the process, and we were to be missionaries in Equatorial Guinea, Africa, and we started raising our support and and visiting churches and uh, encouraging them to to partner with us and pray with us and help us to go to open the work in Africa. And uh, we went to Washington, Missouri. At that time, it was First Assembly of God Church, and Dave Snodderly was the pastor. And that day, that day, my wife sang a song, People Need the Lord. And then when she finished, (laughs) when she finished, I walked to the pulpit to preach. And there was an utterance in tongues and interpretation prophetic word 
And the man began to weep, and he said, when you begin to work, look for a man named John. And you're going to know him by his long jaw. And mm-hmm. and he said a few more words, and he was weeping, and he hadn't stopped. I th- and I thought, what, 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 what? And my wife and I, after the service, we talked about that prophecy, and I said, what do you think? And we both we both believed that it was real that it was a word from God. Mm-hmm. But we decided that day, we decided that day, we will not share this with anybody. This is just going to be something that we believe that it's God. Mm-hmm. And if this is really God, when we get to Equatorial Guinea, we'll see a man named John, and we're going to know him by his long jaw. Okay. <laughs> okay. And, 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 I did, we didn't say that to anybody. We went to a little church a couple months later, and it was a tiny little work. And at the end of the service, they had prayed, and uh, they were praying and singing around the altar, and they had the offering. And a little little lady came to me. She didn't look like she had much money. And she pressed two $1 bills in my hand, and she said, uh, Brazil, while we were praying, God told me to give you this to help you to reach a man named John. <laughs> and I thought, whoa, that's John wow. again. Wow. And and then she. <laughs> John really needs Jesus else. here. <laughs> they said something else. Wow. Something else. She said, and there's one other thing I want you to remember. He doesn't spell John like we typically do, he spells. His name, J-O-N. Don't forget, she said. And I said, don't worry. I mm. won't. Okay. <laughs> we arrived in Equatorial Guinea on the little island of Yoko. We didn't have a place to live. We didn't know where we were going to live. We didn't know if the Baptist missionaries had received our correspondence and whether they'd be there to help us from the airport to go into town to the capital some, to, to go somewhere because the church, the, the country was very poor at that time and telecommunications were very, very substandard. Mm-hmm. And, but when we arrived, we had two Baptist missionaries with their Land Rovers to pick us up and take us to a hotel. And the first person who came to search for us was a man named John. J-O-N. Wow. <laughs> with a long jaw. And he was there to see, how can I help you? Wow. How can I, how can I uh, do something to help you to get settled? And he was the guy. He wasn't a Christian at that time. He was a, a heavy drinker. But he had a big heart. And he was the guy who helped us to find a house and a Spanish tutor to continue perfecting our Spanish. And he was the man who would help us if we needed food or medicine. He was the guy. But God had that all planned out. Mm-hmm. Wow. 
<laughs> it, it was amazing. And I and it took me a long time before I had the right moment when I could witness to him and tell him, John, God loves you. He knows your name. He knows where you are. And uh, I witnessed to him, and uh, he made a profession of faith. Hmm. So, wow, that's amazing. So God confirmed it. So, so in Equatorial Guinea, we lived 26 years on a little island, a little tropical island. And uh, uh, there were times in, the, in those first years where we would have very little electricity mm-hmm. and food shortages and different things. But we, we always knew that we were where God called us yeah. and placed us. And God used us, and we were able to, to plant churches. And now today, uh, the Assemblies of God in that, in that little country is still not the church. Assemblies of God is not the great, a great big church, but it's the second largest movement in the country. Mm-hmm. Wow, praise God the for only, that. The only, church, the only church that has more people who attend than us is the Catholic Church, and that was the state religion for many years. Mm-hmm. So God raised up a work. God raised up a work. And I give him all the praise, honor, and glory. Amen. One of the things, my- that little, little little guy <laughs> from the Boot Hill picked cotton and was a, a, a real, real good sinner. Yeah. And God had mercy <laughs> on me and, and, and called me to him. Yeah. The guy that missed it by one vote, the guy that missed it by two votes, the guy, <laughs> right? Just, just reiterating, That's right. uh, you know, God That's can, right. That's can right. use this as if we're right. willing and open. Talk to me, Carol Dion. My mind is going to this place as you're sharing your story about the misconceptions um, that people have when, okay, I, God speaks to me, I step into God's call. And I think a lot of times there's a misconception that when you go where God wants you to go, then then in turn, that means everything is just going to go well. It's going to be good all the time. You're not going to have struggle, right? I, I feel like I talk with people like this, that they think because it's getting hard that now they should transition to something else uh, rather than when we step into what God has called us to do and called us to be, probably the battles and struggles are just beginning or they might potentially uh, intensify. Speak to that. Okay. Well, let's think about it this way. When God calls us and we are seriously yielding ourselves to him, that is not going to make the enemy of men's souls happy. Mm-hmm. And he's going to fight us in any way he can. But we know, we know, that if we are true to our God, that greater is he that's in us than he that is in the world. But God never said it would be easy. Look, look, look at the, the apostles. Look at the, at the examples of history that the, uh, about every person that, that has been used of God has also gone through times of great hardship. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I heard it said 
years ago that you'll 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 have your Gethsemane. You know, you have oh, your yeah. point of agony. And there are times, there are times, whether you're on the mission field or or you're here at home, that you're you're going to go through things that you don't want to go through. But when you when you stay true to God and you persevere, the blessing is 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 coming. The use that God's going to use you, but He is strengthening you and preparing you, and you have to trust Him when you don't understand, mm. and you just have to. Some things you just have to live through. <laughs> you you just have to, you know. Sometimes in Africa, I felt like that we were we were holding on. You know, I've seen yeah. <laughs> pictures before of a of a cat in a tree, and they're just holding on with their 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 paws, just holding on to the tree about to fall out. <laughs> Sometimes we may be holding by our fingernails, yeah. but let's just keep holding on, and and God will bring us through. God is faithful. Amen. It's kind of like the Bible says, you know, when you've done everything, stand. Keep standing. That's right. Stand, stand That's firm. Right. <laughs> That's right. Wow. That's exactly right. So many good thoughts here that you're presenting to us. Beautiful story of what God has done in your life. I like to ask this question, not just because you've been around the block a couple times, or, yeah. uh, but what do you find, you know, after years of investing in missions, pastoring churches, I ask it in this way, what is your life anthem or what are those things that flow out of you now that you, whether it's a church you go to or whatever it might be, these, these themes that, uh, have come out of you that you just have to keep preaching and telling after your years of experience in ministry, serving the Lord. Well, there are, there are, there are things that, that I, I feel so strongly of the importance of the call the importance of God's call. Mm -hmm. Uh, That call of God will sustain you in those difficult hours. Mm. And, and the prayer and power of the spirit, when, when you, when you are going through your most difficult times, cry out to God, cry out to God, and and uh, and and pray in the spirit, mm. and and let the Lord empower you and give you the strength to keep keep pressing forward. And and I also want to emphasize that that uh, God can take us in our most useless uh, state, and He can begin a work in us and he can redeem us and he can transform us and he can and can make us to be vessels that he can use that that he he doesn't he doesn't uh, neglect us or reject us and he doesn't he's like the potter that doesn't throw, throw away the clay the, mm. the clay yeah. And remold. He will, you know. And if you fail, there was a preacher in seminary, Morris Williams, great champion of God. He said, "If you stumble and if you fall, fall with your face toward Jesus <laughs> and get back up. Yeah, don't quit. 
don't stop. I really, I really believe this. Now, this is this is a kind of a, this is not really hyperbole. Okay. I really, I really feel this deeply. That I don't want to quit on my Lord. Yeah. I don't want to quit on him. Mm-hmm. I don't. I. I don't want to quit. Wow. I would really rather go on to be with the Lord than to quit. Yeah, and then, and then to quit. Praise God. Yeah. Well, man, that's. I think so that's a, a get good. In there, go for it. Yeah, I think that's a great place to wrap up for this particular episode. Carol Dean, missionary to Africa, bringing us so many good thoughts. I'm encouraged. I received that today in Jesus' name, and hopefully, all of you that listen to this podcast episode that. You grab hold of those truths and uh, those spiritual encouragements that Carol brought to us today on the Grace Point Daily Podcast. So, hey, again, I hope that you uh, take it all in. And once you get done taking it all in, I hope that you share it with someone, that you send someone a DM and say, oh, you got to check out this podcast with Carol Deal. It was so good. And um, so that's what we encourage you to do. Guys, thanks for listening to the Grace Point Daily Podcast. I will talk to you guys next time.